Well, good afternoon, everybody. And today is another conversation with Agility to Nature by Nature. But today we have two guests. Uh, I'm very pleased to be joined by Ben Newman and Vicky Hilton. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Um, so something special about today is not that there's just there's two of you that I have to sort of mediate between, but actually we're going to go for a special subject. We're going to deep dive into the world of business analysts. And Fabulous that you've joined us because you are fabulous business analysts. Um, ben, you've been, you've been uh, Orange Telecom, which Dunham, Aldi, Capgemini, where you're at HMRC, Santander, and you're currently at Howden's. Who, incidentally, Vicky is also now at Howden's. So how lucky am I managed to get? Uh, um, but also worked at National Grid, Travis Perkins. I think you spent some time at Barclay Carden, PwC, and J.P. Morgan in different roles as well. Uh, really pleased because the BA role has never been brilliantly specified uh, mm -hmm. the agile canons that I've ever noticed lots of debate about the role of uh, business analysts particularly in agile projects so perhaps we could dive into it so that any people who are joining the BA community and are looking for tips and getting some comfort some ideas this would be a good place to start I suppose it means really we should start with well what is a business analyst Who'd like to pick that particular hot potato up? Uh, well, I have a, a beginning of it. I mean, there is great variation in the role, and obviously, there's uh, you know, business analysts as a title is uh, used in, in many different ways, um, even like financial forecasting. But um, I think it's um, in in the sort of domain of software development, it's it's mainly tasked with. I think it's a, it's a, a role which is often given over to saying, well, we uh, we need some some thinking done on this. I mean, <laughs> Yes, <laughs> effectively. And have you seen it used like that? I, I, and in fact, it's something I, I sometimes groan about is that anytime anything needs to, you know, looked at in any great depth, it's uh, oh, we need a BA on that. Um, so it seems to be like a, a, a someone with a, with time um, and a certain analytical approach um, that can um, really make sense of what's been asked for um, yeah. and provide a bit of organisation around that and often go into a certain level of detail, which perhaps people in, in other roles just don't have the time to do that. And that's something I often say is that within organizations, um, a lot of the business people will have day-to-day um, -day jobs. They don't just have the opportunity to step away and, and really yeah. develop that thinking. And it's, it's clearly there to bring um, the business and technical teams with them. But I think that's part of really what that business analyst as a role is meant to do is to provide um, the thinking and organisation around that thinking um, to enable everyone to understand what actually is being achieved and to prompt that thinking in others. Yeah. I'll start with that. So I agree with Ben. I think to build on that, the point that Ben made about not having the time, I think that sometimes people are too close to what they're asking for as well. So uh, the way I see the, the BA role is almost that one step removed for both from the business but also from the technical teams so that you're 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 providing a real objective assessment of actually what are we trying to do mm. or have we considered all of the solutions or have we jumped into one um that that meets you know that's the flashiest um that's the i guess the sexy technology that we all want to try and do right now or have or have we kind of um almost discounted the the problem that we're trying to solve and, and because you are that independent person you haven't got as much you still obviously have to work within the confines of the organizational structure 
and the authority and the hierarchy and, and, and all of that. But you do have the ability to question yeah. um, whereby if it's, if you're working with a business um, owner who has been told by their manager, this is what you're doing, you're just doing it. As a business analyst, you've got the ability to go, can we be, can we clarify exactly what it is that we want to do and why that's your job. Mm. So I always position the BA as, as an independent voice that is seeking clarity um, across different parties. So, so yeah, just to build on Ben's point there. My goodness, um, there's so many points. I don't know where to start. And, and <laughs> <laughs> I, I was it the sexy tech? Was that the one you wanted to pick well, up? Well, I, I love a bit of sexy tech. Uh, frankly, I'm the sort of nerd who doesn't mind a bit of boring tech as well. Um, how does I just wonder about context because you know, having time, bringing focus, um, bringing clarity of thought. Um, we've seen projects in you know, the old school waterfall and now much more commonly, I think perhaps is agile, perhaps is scrum and what have you. Um, does that change the way you work and perhaps even the way you think, does it change the way you work if you're moving from the more document driven waterfall and gate system to a much more collaborative iterative process that uh, agile tends to represent? Yeah, I think it's, um, it's it's something that I've uh, touched on, and I think what you're just saying there is something that I would have um, you know led off with in, in saying that um, when coming into organisations where they've been working in a traditional waterfall approach, um, as opposed to uh, uh, trying to move to an agile, probably usually scrum-based um, setup, um, probably the, the focus on it's got to move from business analysts to us and I feel assessed by, and they feel they're assessed by producing a, an excellent piece of documentation yeah, yeah. And, and that's their focus and the goal and what they all consider to be a successful job done. Um, and it's certainly a change from saying, right, okay, it's not about you presenting something when you feel that it's in good condition. It's about um, moving from that document delivery, document assessment, document focus and yeah. producing a good specification to being part of a team which is producing, to use the cliche and the well-worn phrase, that working software, that you're just part of, a, of a, a team process to produce that working software. And the team as a whole is assessed by that. It's not yeah. any longer about how polished a piece of specification you're producing. And it's also, I think, that usually the things that, that have to change is, you know, presenting your work before it's finished. Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, generalizations that it's going to have to be. Um, not everyone's the same, uh, not everyone works the same, but it's not about polish anymore. It's about that, um, bringing everyone, I mean, it's always been about bringing everyone along with you, but it's about yeah, yeah. putting things in front of people before you feel that they're complete, I think. And that's, uh, that's huge though, isn't it? Like as a VA, because I think a lot of our response, a lot of our previous ways of working, sorry, Ben, I've just completely jumped in. No, no, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> but but, but pre <laughs> in, in companies where you work in a, in a waterfall approach, it's in very clear that you're responsible for the output. Mm. So we are now in a requirements gathering phase and the BA drives that whole phase, working with the project manager to track their time and, and to bring people into meetings. But the output is a requirements specification of some yeah. kind. Yeah. When you're working in an agile way, the ownership is around the outcome and it's around collectively um, agreeing on the approach that we're going to take and the BA helps to see the whole and advise on the chunking, as far as I can see, where we're, we're, all, we're still focusing on what problem we're trying to solve. 
And you do have to become comfortable with sharing early and sharing when you don't really know. You just know that we think this is a good idea. We want to test it. And that's very different to everybody signing off a version of a requirement specification and then managing a change control to change that requirement when we know something more. So it's much more fluid, which is uncomfortable at times, but it's, um, I think, much more rewarding. It's probably worth also mentioning in terms of just their day-to-day uh, role and their exposure to developers is usually a lot greater than it ever had before. Um, uh, and, you know, that's, that, that's something new. And, and frankly, usually is pretty welcome, albeit, you know, there are different types of BAs and some always prefer to, you know, sit at the desks and, and work through the flowcharts and, uh, and what have you. And, you know, there's a place for that, but um, that's generally what divides those that adapt well to the agile approach, I think, and working within scrum teams and working within teams and those that would prefer to work uh, in, in a more traditional way. Quite often, I think the biggest common denominator, um, well, divider is, are you comfortable with that level of engagement on a day-to-day -day basis with the developers, with all the, everyone else? Um, and, you know, a lot of questioning going back and forth, or do you prefer to have been working in a, a sort of organizing your own project and, and controlling that yeah. very much and, and delivering that back? And I mean, that's not necessarily a criticism. It's just, um, it's just uh, by observation, those, the, the BAs that are, uh, you know, inclined to do that and want to be, you know, out there, um, and adapt to that better are more comfortable working in, a, in an agile world. That's really interesting. I think that I see both types of people still actually mm -hmm. at the desk running their documentation and collecting and, and gathering it together. That level of dynamism though that you're describing suggests quite a different person to me. Yeah. I, and I think when I was working with, uh, you know, as a, you know, managing a BA team or whatever, I tend to try and put, you know, um, round pegs in round holes and, and you, you know your team they're not all the same and, and some would would work well in in you know organizing some senior stakeholders in a room um not so well with putting you know uh, mapping database fields etc yeah and you know it was about like having a balance between that and and, and it's always going to be a little bit like that yeah well, i think that's do you not think that's sorry do you not think that's why it's difficult to describe a business analyst though ben because the nature of the work that you get involved in can vary so much that there is an aspect of fitting the character and the experience of the person to the the service that you're trying to provide mm -hmm. yeah i think so i think i mean for me it was always probably you know it's what i lean towards so it's always gonna be something I, I, i'm not a fan of which is this idea of portfolio analyst or something like that uh, he's smiling. We're uh, smiling. <laughs> <laughs> banter. It could, yeah, this come up to anyone that's worked with me. But um, it, it, sometimes you come across this with business analysts, which have been constrained just to doing the business, business cases and doing the early stage project setup, which I'm not saying it's an easy thing to do, but then handing over to another analyst that goes through the delivery. And clearly, you know, I think in most agile teams, delivery is what it's all about. Yeah. But you've still got to do the, the beginning starts for it. It's just that, you know, cutting people off before they get that experience of the engage, of engagement with del delivery and they're going to, you know, lose a hell of a lot of information. And I'm never a fan of, of really kind of, you know, stunting their experience in that way. Because um, a lot of the people that are, are in that kind of role in the organisations, I think they'd be perfectly capable of doing the other part of it. 
but they're not given the opportunity and so yeah I favor that I wonder whether they want it though uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think there is a kind of BA who is very comfortable with ambiguity and actually you, you at that early level of shaping up a project or a piece of work you, you need to be okay at a, to stay high and then there's another type of BA who needs to understand the infrastructure and the architecture to a level and, 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 and almost work through all of those scenarios before that they so I think there's I think there's a lot of, like I say, a lot of flavours of, of business analysis, depending on mm -hmm. at what point of the project you're getting involved. Yeah. Okay. Should we start talking about systems analysts and the difference between business? <laughs> and integration analysts. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the, the, the context is important, is interesting. And, and something else, I mean, we've talked about systems analysts, well, we haven't, but the, the thing that has emerged over the last not more years is the infamous uh, product owner who is as i understand it you know facilitator of requirements and approving what is right and the voice of the customer so how does a ba and a product owner work together um or is there is it really they can't work together they're doing very much the same same role mm -hmm. Um, well, I, I guess I'll, I'll jump in again. <laughs> I think uh, I think there is a, a certain element of truth in that they're working in the same role to a point. Um, I mean, I, more often than not, um, perhaps because I've been working in organisations that are in some way in transition quite often, um, it's. I think it's a, it, the product owner um, existing as in their own right without this business analyst role existing i suppose it presupposes a lot about the organization that they're part of yes um and that the the you know the product focus is there and that their day-to-day -day job is being you know completely immersed in the detail of the product that they're working on and that they can um get into that level and they don't have a, a load of the other demands on them that prevent them from getting down to the detail level of working on a day-to-day -day basis with the team I mean, I'm not saying that that's, that's a good thing. I think that's where the BA role still exists within teams is about a certain level of immersion, a certain level of detail, a certain level of running around and organizing that supports the product owner. That's generally how it works. Um, but it's also a bit of a conflict as well. Um, yeah, and it can be, and this is where you're kind of finding, I mean, but then this is true with scrum teams as a whole, it's like, well, finding out how the team works together and who does what and who takes what responsibility so i mean just to give an example with you know when when we talk about like you know scrum planning or what have you as the po leads the, the planning which is yeah. a preference but i'd also say that the ba can lead the planning yeah. um, and do that on a user story basis um yeah so i think it's like if we look at you know we were saying well the famous thing obviously in most of the documentation you'll read on agile there's no reference to a business analyst in any by shape or form and they so they, they do end up being their rivals like you know some sort of off growth of the the po in some way uh <laughs> yeah, they come out the shoulder and and perhaps that's true to a degree um i think it's i think it goes back to you know i think this is like this world of compromise and this idea that um, i suppose there is a perfect agile organization out there with you know uh, all product focused and and everyone you know is multi-skilled and and 
PA can do all of the user stories and is comfortable going to the level of depth, can also deal with all the stakeholders and work across the organization and bring other people into the team. And the, the technical people can write user stories and understand the business. You know, maybe that exists, but generally speaking, it's something different to that. It's, it's something, you know, there's compromises to be made. There's time that's needed by everyone to do other things. And, and I think that's part of the, it is, uh, yeah, I suppose maybe it could be seen as a bit of a compromise that the BA is filling in with, as we were saying, it still has that role of thinking and doing analysis and being given the remit to, to do that, to help lead everyone else along the path that, that makes sense. Lots of other stuff. Um, so I agree with all of you said. <laughs> don't don't record that bit ben and have that recorded <laughs> on your voicemail at all times um i think you're right i think there's i think the point the important point you made about maturity of the organization is really key because if you think we're talking about percentage of people's time as well yeah. so and there are many comparable skills between a product owner and a business analyst in my opinion the, the 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 aspect of the roles that is very different is the responsibility so um whilst they my experience of product owners is that product owners and business analysts work really closely together because they're both invested in um refining a nice backlog for the team to work through so that our development resources our teams are fed and everyone understands the bigger picture and we understand the context of the work which we're asking them to do and there's a clear purpose and it's you know it's, it's a, a thing of beauty the responsibility of the product owner though i think as a percentage of their time we want them to be focused on the product obviously but also the customer and their stakeholders within the organization it's possible that a BA's time, you may have 50% of a BA working with 100% of a product owner. So the BA then supplements that time to provide the structure and the analysis that the product owner may not have capacity for. So we don't have the responsibility of making prioritization decisions and taking accountability for the financial impact of those, those decisions. But we do have the responsibility to make sure that um, the, the, the backlog is collaboratively formed and um, scenarios have been examined with, from a business perspective. So I, I think the, the whole point about the, the maturity piece that Ben starts off with and the fact that really have we ever seen an organisation that doesn't need a business analyst you know? <laughs> so, so everybody is and and the organizations um uh where they are on their journey from project to product so mm. the you know for an organization to say they're going to have five product owners full-time doing nothing but developing those products those people are probably going to be ex-business analysts because of the combination of skill they probably moved out of IT into a product um, development role because they've found a passion for it. But that's not what all business analysts will do. Some business analysts won't want that responsibility. They'll want to remain curious and involved on many projects and products. Mm. Mm. So that's my uh, two-penneth. <laughs> I, I, 
I do wonder about that. So I'm going to be careful here because I've got two very experienced BAs and I'm pleased. <laughs> um, <Bring. laughs> is there explicit skills then that a BA has that they can move to any team, whereas a PO is rather more about facilitating prioritisation? You have skills that can elicit information that the PO needs. It sounds like there's something that BA has that the PO doesn't have, regardless of organisational maturity. I don't know if that was what I was intending to express, right. if that's what I have expressed. So that might be my poor ears hearing that. <laughs> so I, what 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 I'm what I feel is that the the product owner should be the specialist of the product. Yes. yes. And I feel that a BA may have a level of domain knowledge that spans business and technical that's under, that supports that product and understands how the key capabilities are underpinned. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think that, um, what am I trying to say? It can, it's almost becomes a question of, you know, I think, you know, myself and Vicky work in different ways. Uh, you know, it, for me to answer that you know where does a bo a bo <laughs> a po and a ba where do they you know where their relationship sits and and uh, who does what and whether the role you know is completely subsumed by the other or you know the space i think it depends on the context and what's happening and who the, those people are as well so in some organizations i think the po's are given you know well you work within the team um you, you know you're you're 100 dedicated to that and you know you'd expect their bandwidth to that be that little bit greater for going into the detail but that but then they might be working in an organization where it, there's so many other stakeholders and the external demands on the po to organize that is so great that you know are they going to write the user stories themselves or is it a useful thing that someone else is, yeah. is you know working closely with them hand in glove to produce those and they're confident that yeah the user stories that and the acceptance criteria meeting everything that you need, that is required from them. So, you know, it becomes that kind of question, I think. If I think about somebody that I'm working with at the moment, so we're, we're, we've pulled together um, a lean business case for a piece of work and um, they've articulated it in their words. Um, and the, the, the language that they have used is, makes perfect sense to them. Um, because they're so close to the so close to what they want to try to do. I've read it and not understood it. So I have refrained and I've and I, I said to the head to the product owner, can I just have a let me just have a go at this because I think we need to just think about how we frame it so that our solution architect understands what the requirements are. And I've repositioned that. And initially she was quite um, unsure and is now has read it over again and it's almost that fresh pair of eyes has has helped her to see how close she was so now we've got greater clarity because i'm i'm in some ways as a, as a business analyst i don't really understand the nuances of your language i've had okay. to remove the nuances and make it extremely um, um objective mm -hmm. so we talk about this concept of clean language as business analysts so I haven't got all of the um, background and baggage, but I have got the ability to cut through that 
And so now we've got, we've got a business case that is actually building quite a lot of um, traction because it's understandable. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So, yeah, yeah. Although I think uh, it's just like, there's no language. I don't think anyone can write anything down that someone else can't misinterpret. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. Which is the, yeah. you know, we always go on about like, you know, shared language and shared understanding and then getting in the room together and going through it, et cetera. I think the hardest thing is when you're ended up in that kind of uh, handing documents around, uh, trying to get agreement that way, you know, that's, that's obviously what we're against anyway. We're writing capital letters and exclamation marks at the end. It's very shouty, shouty. <laughs> it's you're right everything can be misinterpreted and that's one of the big changes i think in the agile mindset is you push for conversations as much as you can well, and you open up the door don't you for yeah. this is what i think what have i missed help me understand this better and it's immediately a different conversation than i've captured everything down yeah. in a document can you can you can you read it and let me know your comments yeah. the act of having to the act of having to write down a comment is very different to the act of hang on what did you mean when you said that i don't understand and it's it's a much more um, informal and open collaboration style so you've got to be the arch facilitator and you're looking for value yeah it's interesting you see the word facilitator there because i was it was you know someone was asking me whether you know whether uh, junior bas it's like well you know what should, what training course should they go on etc and the first one i thought for, of was well some sort of facilitation for a start yeah and i suppose there's that i mean i i'm not entirely sure the picture i'm building up with this sort of uh, ba is uh, is quite <laughs> what i intended it because he sounds like uh, or he or she sounds like a, a sort of uh, go-between which isn't really what i would yeah, I wanted to ask about that because, you know, I've heard phrases like the, the proxy PO and then you're, yeah. you're doing something to the information and then you're taking it to the team. And that itself sounds like a transport mechanism no. that we were trying to avoid in the first place. Which is, I think, where, um, you know, we were referring to uh, Mr. Roman. Uh, uh, yeah. And I think that's where, you know, where he's coming from is that you don't want a translation layer. You, you, yes. you know, you want the BO. And this is, I suppose, where, where, where we want our teams to be, no matter where they are, is is that, um, you know, that, that you, you've got that shared, uh, you haven't got a layer of uh, interpretation that, yeah. you know, the everyone that's involved that needs to be involved to produce what the outcome, the software that we want is involved and is having that conversations on a, you know, face-to-face. -face. Uh, yeah which obviously in recent times has been an interesting challenge. It has been. I'm, I'm very tempted to ask about the BA in the lockdown. Oh, go on, let's go there. Talk to me about the BA in lockdown. <laughs> well, uh, uh, I'm yeah. <laughs> the BA in lockdown um, is, is on the phone a lot. Yeah. Um, spends a lot of their time having face-to-face -face meetings on on zoom or teams or whichever um whichever offering um, application that their, their client uses um i think as well the ba in lockdown and maybe it's just a personal style but i think that they miss the sounding board aspect of their role yeah, yeah for sure so if we talk about taking a concept and helping a product owner to reframe it, who does that for the BA? <laughs> so typically we work quite closely in communities of practice no. um, where we share ideas or I've got this problem. I'm not sure how to break it down. I'm thinking of 
um, we've got this new product we want to introduce. Um, has anyone done this before? Um, so that type of common thinking, what do they call it? Like water cooler conversation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's quite difficult to initiate because um, you have to intentionally set up a session as opposed to, but, and everyone's extremely busy. So I think the BA in lockdown has to be even more structured with making those informal chats happen. Hmm. Um, what do you just, think then? Well, I was just thinking about the uh, similarities we're working with offshore teams. Um, and, you know, when I've been asked about that before, I said, well, you have to be more deliberate and you have to be more formal and you have to have, you know, specific time set aside where you, you know you're going to have the time to the team and you're going to take it through. So, you know, it's a bit like, um, but it, it's quite similar to the sort of things that I do, you know, in first setting up a team is that, you know, you establish very specific times, you know, if they're not been used to working in this way, um, having formal times to get together, reserved time, et cetera, et cetera, and that you have established, you know, sessions where you, you make it very clear what you're going to achieve. Whereas, you know, where you really want to end up is where these things happen all organically and, and, you know, there's always some structure, but that's where you want to end up. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's a bit like that for, you know, I mean, working with offshore teams, it was always this kind of thing where you, you create very specific time zone, times and where certain things are going to happen. Uh, and of course, everything else happens in the chat as well. You know, there's a lot of chat back and forth and people get used to doing that. Yeah. So when we're not in lockdown, we're <laughs> doing our job more normally, or how I feel we're more normal. Um, are, you, are you enjoying new techniques? I am. Mean, we talked perhaps about three amigos and of course the emergence of BDD. Are you finding these useful tools that are changing the role of the BA? Yeah, for sure. I mean, go on, Vicky. I was just going to say I love BDD <laughs> because so I'm I'm quite a blue sky thinking kind of. I hate that term. But what I mean is, um, I'm quite a visual thinker, yeah. so I'd like to um, be able to see yeah. how the, um, I like to be able to see the whole, and then I like to be able to kind of break that into chunks that I can then dive into. And I think the the given when then approach, and the fact that you can, because Ben taught me how to do BDD, so um, Ben helped me to kind of almost incrementally build the level of detail that you need. And I love that. I like the fact that you can go think of this scenario, then this scenario, then this scenario, and almost kind of hammer out, right, so how big is this problem that I need to be? Which of these scenarios do I need to discount straight away because there are exceptions and we all agree we're never going to have to deal with that? Yeah. I, I like that. And then you can intentionally go the next level down. Yeah. So I like that intentional, where am I in the big picture? what what level of detail do i need to get into and i also like the common language aspect of it um mm. so everyone knows when i say this term this is what i mean because what you end up doing is building loads of ba assets that you would want anyway like a, a data glossary or a data map or you build that yeah. organically through considering scenarios and i think that's ace thanks ben <laughs> <laughs> it's you know i find it a reward, rewarding way of working and it's great you know recently having you know introduced it as an approach to a team that hasn't has not worked that way at all um seeing them in in sessions together think through how they actually you know what is it is they actually want the systems to do the behavior they're looking for 
you know, and, and thinking through the scenarios and, th and then going through that experience and saying, hey, this was a lot easier than, you know, in the end, yeah. the, the, the clarity that we had and we understood what you were building. And, and in those two weeks, we, we got it done and, and we gave it to you. And then it was what you wanted. And you know, it, that, that kind of experience has yeah. been joy to see recently. It's always nice to, to, to get that reward from saying, yeah, this, this approach is working for us. I mean, I think that the thing in terms of training it out is, has always been, uh, it's interesting in the perceptions, I suppose. It's another acronym, BDD. People expect it to be about syntax and, you know, the, et cetera, et cetera. But I think the bigger emphasis, I mean, obviously that has to be taught, but um, the bigger emphasis on, on collaboration and, and saying, you know, and then that's like, you know, if you get nothing from, you know, this, this training session, it's like, yeah, you're going to have to collaborate. Yeah, 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 uh, and, yeah, and collaboration is where it's at. And then, uh, hey, look, here's a tool that will help you do it and that help you describe what you want. And you know, sometimes you have to be a little bit, you know, you know picky about the, just making sure they go through the order. There's a reason why it's got a, a title. There's a reason why it's got a narrative, and it will help you. And yeah. if you do these things first, it will be easier to develop the next bit. And yeah, don't waste your time if you you know trying to write the whole thing yourself. You know, get to the point where you start to run out of steam and then go and get someone else involved and that's usually the solution to all problems yeah, frankly yeah. and always ben, has been ben do you find that you just listening to you talk do you find that you at the beginning of a piece of work do you find that you're already thinking how am i going to specify this um to be honest it's always like an element of um, you know there's the, the, the panic at the beginning and you've got a, a, a bigger problem than you can imagine and get your head around and and it's always been the I'm probably going to digress from your question, but it's always been, well, breaking up a bigger problem into smaller parts. I mean, that's the essence of analysis is, is breaking it into chunks that you can understand. And I always say, well, you know, look, it, successful waterfall projects, they were doing this. They were breaking it up. They were collaborating with each other. They were talking to each other. But, you know, I kind of think of the, you know, Angel, Scrum, whatever, as being, well, actually, we're making the structure of, of, of how we're delivering things support that. If you think about it, I think it's like just like you know, it's circles within circles. It's the you know the scrum team in smaller part, you know, is dividing the work into smaller elements and then and dealing them with in in, in a scale that they can understand and, and achieve, uh, and that goes throughout the whole whole structure of what we deliver. Because mm. I was I was just thinking about what the, the something I'm working on that's really complicated for me to get my head around and I've and I and I the only way I've been able to understand the the actual requirements is is to specify them so mm. actually to bring out a specification by example so let's do a working example let's follow this through this number through what would happen what would happen in this instance what would happen in this instance so although I haven't gone into given when thens I've yeah. definitely used the thinking quite early on to be able to clarify what's the behavior expected at the highest level yeah and i think it's like i mean this is there's two phases of this it's always fun um with uh, bas doing the training because it, uh, quite often that you know there will be someone that wants to know well is this a story or is this a scenario etc etc and it and it's like well you find out <laughs> you know you know you, you write out you know okay you've got a title and you've got a you know do a narrative who wants it why you know what they're going to how and then you know start working through the scenarios and then you'll discover that you know oh hang on maybe this i've got a lot more than i thought i had or or maybe the, you know it's it, it's actually quite something it's quite small you, you don't know you, you just work through it and then split it out and and discover really 
Um, and I think, yeah, yeah, what you're describing in terms of if that's what you want with specifying, then yeah, I think it's um, it's, a, it's a useful process, and you don't prejudge it, but it's mm. you know, suspend your your judgment in a way, otherwise you never get started because it's just too big, and you're just like, well, okay, well, I, you know, the, the most effective way to do it is to do it. <laughs> yeah, someone yeah. once said, <laughs> and. And I think that, you know, that's the, the real truth with like writing stories and what have you. You, you see that, you know, the, 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 the more anal analytical, you know, brains getting locked, thinking, well, how do I write all of these stories perfectly in, in the right size Yeah. from the scratch, from, from the word go? How do I just do it? Just do it. Well, you don't. You know, you start somewhere and then you, you just get you fail fast it up and do something else. And yeah, I mean, that, that is the process, but you've got to start. Well, that's a good tip for anybody, I think. Um, <laughs> interesting, listening to that piece of information, uh, information is uh, we've moved from facilitation, but it's the way you're bringing and knitting together requirements, needs to the team. Mm -hmm. Or perhaps we were suggesting it was going further apart. Actually, this was, using BDD was a way to bring it, the requirements into the team, finding the right structure and the dialogue. And I think these are things that B, uh, BAs do bring. I think if you just had five developers, you wouldn't necessarily get that approach and that technique well you see that in, i mean this is it why we need different mindsets and i think that's probably you know whatever you call them um you know yeah. developers bring a certain mindset the testers bring a certain yeah. mindset the pos bring a certain mindset and and it's the bringing together of those that makes it valuable um you can't and you want those different things i mean it's like this like you know something we've tackled with before is the you know the idea that you know the perfect developer that's multi-skilled and can do their own testing on the rest of it which you know maybe some of them exist but it is actually helpful even if they had two people just as capable as that it would be helpful for them to be adopting you know the different roles and coming out from a different angle and saying well i'm gonna you know i'm gonna try and pick that apart yeah there's, some, yeah. Some, there's a usefulness to that and that's what makes the team stronger if you had you know, yeah, seven POs, they'd, they'd end up having to, and they had to build something, they'd end up having to take different roles just to make it, <laughs> I think. I mean, yeah, I, I, it's interesting just in the, the, the PO, BA thing, I mean, having worked as a, you know, taking on a PO role as well, I mean, and uh, you know, I think in terms of like, uh, one of the things that often gets missed from the PO side of it is like, you know, a product roadmap and developing a roadmap and thinking where's this going and, and having that next, you know, a little bit of horizon thinking. Um, when I'm doing that role, I tend to miss the the detail of, of creating, you know, the BDD side of things. If you if you like the the, the pulling it apart and, and and fitting it back together and and going, well, yeah, we should have we needed one of these scenarios and and how is that actually genuinely going to work and how is this how is this the product discount going to really work and will, what what happens when this occurs and oh that system doesn't do that yeah. and you know all of these kind of things. I, I mean, I I think I rather like so. I suppose if you know, I suppose I see the PO role as often being a little bit above that, but maybe that reflects that if you've got BAs working within the team, then that they fill that 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 space to some degree. So, are you, so are you trusting the BA then in that instance that they are doing that lower level, more detailed thinking to support? I mean, what yeah, I think so. I think it was the, the example I'm using. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely the case that you know what I was having to do was all about product roadmaps and and. Uh, being ex the external to the rest of the team and the organization because it was a very bureaucratic organization and had a lot of, um, of that kind of uh, regulation etc mm. the demands were, were great on the POs to explain all that to everyone else and organize things and and justify why they're doing one thing or and not another 
And yeah, mm. so I was leaning heavily onto BAs to do that. Albeit, I think I was probably more, you know, involved in the day to day and the, the you know, the, the scrum organization and all of those events because I felt it was essential that I was involved in that from my perspective, more so than perhaps the other POs I was working from. And maybe, maybe that was why I was there. It was, you know, saying, well, actually, you need to be involved in this day to day rigmarole. You can't, no matter what's happening around you, you need to be close to the development that the team are doing understanding where they are no you, do, what. you do but in that in that instance that you're talking about there your role as a po was about being able to share decisions that the organization had taken based on the market context and the strategy that the organization wanted to follow yeah so if, if, if you're not there collaborating with those stakeholders to make those decisions happen the team can't move forward with their lower level design can you so there is almost a balance between needing to be needing to unlock decision points within yeah. the organization that can then feed a more lower level granularity of well, what's the impact of that decision within our systems and our processes Mm -hmm. that's a really good point as well is that that need for someone to be able to take decisions is important as well and that's a difference i suppose yeah i mean that's a pretty pretty big difference in that you know ba is not normally expected to be the final arbiter of whether we're going to do what a or b so so to pull back um ian's point earlier about facilitation in that instance i would expect the ba to support the product owner in facilitating that decision to come about Product owner may have a position, another con a stakeholder may have a conflicting position, and the BA should be skilled at bringing conflicting decisions positions together to come to a compromise. And in the, in the organisation, I was just you know, situation I was describing what you were, you were saying in terms of the trust. And yeah, I was heavily trusting the BAs to understand the minutiae of how the system works, and you know, understand what I'm asking for. At a certain level and then they can tell me yeah, this can happen or this can happen and, yeah. and we're talking about you know down to you know levels of um, you know individual files and when they get presented and you know quite complex stuff in terms of you know sequence of events and yeah you know, i don't know whether um, you know you know things aren't always simple and you do need someone that can go and get into the weeds when you're doing something else i think there was uh, an observation of a friend of mine sean smith who's an extremely talented developer architect uh, we we're talking about BAs and someone said quite dismissive about not needing them. He said, are you joking? Look at this estate. There's many to many relationships. You go and work that out. That takes real talent. And he was quite a strong defender of, uh, of that role. And I think mm -hmm. people underestimate some more complicated domains. You do need someone who can get amongst those weeds. Yeah, and I think um, there must be POs that, um, and, you know, they do exist. They want to write these sort of themselves and they're in that zone. Um, that's great. Um, I think, um, you know, as a, as a BA, I'm generally trying to make one of the things that is making the user stories make sense together and that they, they add up to something that you actually want to see built. Um, and I think that's a skill. Um, and I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it, that helps make sprints make sense as well. And people understand why they're working towards it and why they're doing the, you know, in, in the context of a, a sprint, it might be also you can have like, you know, quite small stories that individually have, you know, we go back to the value thing. I mean, I think within, you know, a two-week sprint, it, it's, you can get away with a fair amount, but yeah. they have to add up to delivering something valuable. Yeah. And 
and the next sprint and the sprint after that and they've got to be leading somewhere and I think you know constructing those things together and planning those things ahead is ideally something that you know POs and BAs do together but I certainly I think that that's something that filling in the BA role has been like putting these things together these five user stories give you this thing that you want and that's how it works out and then making sure that everyone understands how they lock together keeping an eye on the long and the short. And I'm glad the word value came up. Ah, yeah. I'm worried. <laughs> thank you so, so much for taking a tour through your world and some of your thoughts and sharing your thoughts there. Closing remarks then, I suppose, if a young or not so young, aspiring BA was to listen to two more experienced people like yourself, what would you advise them as key skills to be picking up to, to really develop their career mm. I'd, I'd guess I'd, I'd, I'd encourage them to well I'm going to say this because I'm a coach but I'd, I'd encourage them to be really clear on why they like the job so what is it about the role that interests them I'm, I'm very clear that I like helping other people solve their problems right so there's loads of different ways I do that one of the best ways I do that is to listen yeah. and then to play that back. So I would, I would encourage BAs starting out on the track to keep their ears open and listen to lots of different types of BAs because there is no one type of BA. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think the listening thing is important. And I mean, I, I don't think that uh, BAs, although you can end up being sort of to a degree expertise in, in, you know, given areas, I don't think you should ever look to be trying to be an expert in you know, one particular system or another. Um, you know, you have to be comfortable with, you know, you are going to build up a certain level of knowledge, but it's not about being are you an expert in hybris or, or, you know, IBM WebSphere e-commerce yeah. or whatever, or, albeit that appears on, you know, CV requests and all the rest of it. I think it, it is about, um, bringing people together to form understanding. And, and I think, you know, so that, you know, I think it would go towards those soft skills of collaboration and, and facilitation and, and how can you influence people when you don't necessarily have the power to tell them what to do. Yeah. I think probably those things are still core to what BAs do, no matter what. Um, I think, you know, BDD, you can learn in, in, in a day or two. Um, you know, in terms of like, you know, how to write a user story, obviously with practice, you get better and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, the, you know, the syntax of writing it, I think, you know, you, it's, I mean, it's a useful way, of, a very useful way of you know, explaining what you want. But I think it really, the achievement in, in, is about uh, all the things that go together to make those user stories, if you see what I mean. So it's like, it's not the writing down of it, which is valuable. It's how you got to the point where you could write it down. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think probably that co collaboration, thinking about how you think about things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd probably go with, with with the soft skill side of things, and and um, and you know, thinking about how you break yeah. things into smaller chunks and, and analyze work. It's all about managing the uncertainty, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think um, yeah. I remember one of the, the junior guys I was working with was saying like, I'm not. I don't think I'm very comfortable with this ambiguity. And I was like, might not be the right job. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, that's project delivery, but yeah, it is. 
then, Vicky, thank you so much for your time today. Um, I know this is your, your lunch break, so thank you for surrendering that time to, to discuss the uh, BA role. Uh, I have to say, over the many years that I have been involved with Agile, Agile projects and Agile transformations, I've recognised more and more the importance of having the what we call BAs, even though they're not recognised in any of the canons, uh, in, in terms of um, transformation, if nothing uh, and being able to manage that uncertainty with confidence, uh, even if we're not quite sure what the next step is going to be. So I do recognise the value. And thank you. I hope people who listen today have got a bit of a shrewder idea of, of the differences of the old world and the new world and the importance of your role. Thank you so much. Um, if you'd like to speak more about this role, you've got some comments, please contact either myself, Ben, or Vicky. You can find us on LinkedIn under our respective names. Uh, or you can write to us, and you can write to me at ian.gilatagilitybynature.com, and I'll certainly pass on your comments. Thank you so much for your time, guys. Thank you very much for everyone listening. Thank you. Thank you.